0: Let's stand, here for you. Let's give God a praise like never before. Come on. I
1: was there when they said
0: unto me, Let us go to the house, go to the house of the Lord.
1: Let's join the hair
2: you gotta stare down the giant, worship from the lion's den. Sometimes you gotta shout it from the mountain, louder in the valley, trusting that He's gonna get you there. Sometimes you gotta welcome the wonder, wait for the answer, worship with your hands in the air. I'll praise you anywhere. Goodness, every step, each and every breath. I'll praise you. In-
3: to somebody and let them know you're happy to see them. Give them a hug, a handshake, a high five, a fist bump, and you may be seated. Man, rain two weeks in a row and y'all keep showing up. This is great. This is great. Um, I'm super excited that that you're here today. Last service was, um, it was interesting. It was very interesting. We had a lot of fun. And uh, every service has been different today. So if if you decide you want to if you enjoy this service and you want to come back tonight at 5, you can. Or you want to watch on the internet? We're, we're on the Facebooks and the YouTubes. Um, and I think that's it. But, man, if the, and if today is your first time, whoo, you, you picked a great Sunday to show up. Um, and if you have a minute right after the service, I hope that you'll swing by our first-timers areas. Right outside these doors, hang a right. And um, it's got a, you know, there's no creepy thing. There's a glass wall. Everybody can see everything going on in there. We want to give you a gift. And I would love to find out a little bit about your story. After the um, last service, we had a, a young lady come back. And she said that um, this is the first time she's been in church in 10 years. And I was like, whoa. I said. And, and what was funny is the reason she came was she ran into two different people from our church that told her, you've got to come to this church, you've got to come to this church. And uh, that, the power of a personal invite is super, super, super strong. So I was just super, so anyway, you're a first timer. If you've got just a minute, swing by, and I would love to say hello to you and just shake your hand, give you a hug. Also, if you want, um, if you want to get a question in today, for those of you that don't know, today is Q&A Sunday. Um, we have a tradition of doing this about twice a year. And if you want to ask a question, listen, if the service goes bad today, it's your fault because you didn't ans- you didn't ask good questions. Now, these are questions about the Bible, church, theology. Um, I don't know anything about the college fo- football playoff system other than it's jacked up. Okay, that's all I know right now. So if you want to ask a question, you get that in, um, text it into that number, and then we're going to have some fun. Also, Christmas services next week are going to be amazing. We're going to have... A Saturday night service at 5 o'clock. We're moving our Sunday night to Saturday night next week to accommodate for Christmas. And then Christmas Eve is the normal time, 9.15 and 11. We're telling everybody, listen, get here early. Because when the light, the way we're starting the service for the first 10 to 15 seconds, the room's going to have to be completely dark, which means we're going to have to close the doors. And I promise you, you don't want to miss the way we're opening this service. It's going to be incredible also if you haven't signed up for the devo yet you need to get in on this right now we got around 5600 people getting a free devotional um every single morning and listen for those of y'all doing the devotional i just want to say this i apologize for the three-part thing this week i try my best to get it down to two and i, I just was so excited but i've made up for it with just one part for the past few days so anyway if you don't know i'm not going to try to explain it if you want to get a free devotional texted to your phone every morning at seven o'clock text pastor pdv to nine to seven thousand and we'll get you signed up when i say it's free it's been it it is free now somebody said somebody asked me recently you got like 1500 to 2000 people coming to your church but you got 5600 on this devotional who are these people and i went i have no idea who these people are but i'm super thankful that that people are getting their days started rooted in the word of god i'm going to call that a win and so that that was a that was a good clap spot. Just, I'm, it's okay. It's fine. So we're gonna move on to giving. Um, yeah, that's that's typically where people don't clap, but I want to tell you that it is thank you so much. It is a it is it is a blessing to give. It is a blessing to give. And this is what I'm asking for the month of December. I'm asking you to ask the Lord, ask Jesus, what do you want me to financially give this month to second chance? And then whatever he lays on your heart, you do that. Some people in this room, you've never prayed about something like that. And I don't want, I don't want to give you a number. I want you to listen to Jesus and let him put something on your heart. Because when you hear it and then you obey and you see the blessings that follow, you, you will be hooked, hooked because you cannot i'll give god that's right y'all stand up let's pray father i want to i just want to pray this morning and ask you that when we leave this place today that we would know that we've been in your presence that jesus you would be so real to us in these next few moments as we sing and as we dig into your word god may your word dig into us and transform our hearts in our minds so we can be more like you. We ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.
0: presence I speak Jesus church think about what could happen if we all call on the name of Jesus the Bible says that when there are two or three gathered in his name he is here we have the opportunity to welcome him in so y'all let's sing and let's speak out the name of Jesus come on shout
3: already don't y'all man golly mom I wish they'd have got into that song just a little bit more um let me tell you where I came up with this idea uh the Q&A um and I even even brought my bible uh this is for some of y'all you've never seen one of these um because you got it's not a crack you got an app on your phone but this is a is like a leather bible and it's got like pages in it and uh you can hear them y'all hear that y'all remember that Anyway, so I, I just, this is, my, this is my one I do my quiet time out of, my quiet time. Anyway, I started this because I think the church should be a safe place to ask questions, like legitimate questions, like questions we want answers to. And I don't think God is bothered by our questions at all. I think, and I, in fact, I think he welcomes them. Now, I don't think he's always going to answer them in the way that we think he should answer them. But what I discovered growing up is I was told you can't ask questions about God. You can't ask questions about God. And what I discovered is it was actually the adults that didn't know the answers to the questions. So if I don't know the answer, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend. I'm going to be like, man, I don't know. hope y'all can figure that out. That's a tough one. Um, so I wanted to do that. And and I want to talk about the things that you want to talk about and show people how Scripture, I'm going to try my best to tie every answer in today to Scripture, how Scripture really does interact with our lives. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, that the word of God is living and active, living and active, which means it's always got something to say about what's going on. And if you've read the Bible for, for a little while, you know, you can read a passage and then circle back to that passage in six months or a year and read the same passage and get something completely different out of it. Am I right? So, With that in mind, I have no idea. I have not pre-screened these. Um, So I am at the mercy of Heidi and Ed right now. Whatever appears on this screen, I had nothing to do with it. And I know some of y'all don't believe that, and that's fine, be that way. Probably a Carolina fan. All right, here we go. If we as a family feel connected to your church, but live away and watch online, is it wrong to not go. Oh, yo, I said let's start off easy. <laughs> Dang. So let me tell you where I'm at on this. I have I have changed my mind. And let me tell you why I've changed my mind. It's, it's funny that this question's being asked because right now there's a group of people in Columbia, South Carolina meeting in a house. It's the Mott's house, in fact, and um, it's their church. And the reason I know it's their church is because um, the Mott's family just started inviting people over to their house. And I think they got around 20, 30, 40 people that show up every week and they sit around in the, in the living room and they put this service on their screen and they, they sing with us and they worship with us and they listen to the message And then during the week, they all like love one another and care about one another. And it's the church meeting in a living room. And I'm like, you know what? That works. So this is what I would say to whoever's asking this question. Um, If you as a family feel connected to our church and live far away, um, invite people to your house. Because this is what I know. You've got people that would come to your house that would never darken the doors of a church church. And maybe that's the way that God's gonna reach your community. It's gonna start with your house. How awesome would that be? I love that, I love that. Okay. <sighs> next, next question. Oh, wow. Why does the church misre- misrepresent some of the Bible stories? For example, Isaac being a young boy, when Abraham was going to sacrifice him, or the fact that Jesus wasn't a baby, in a manger, by the time three kings got to Bethlehem. Okay. Um, the real answer is, I don't know. Uh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to save the manger thing for next week because it's in the message. And we'll talk about the, the messed up manger scene. But let me tell you this. If the Bible were made into a full-length movie, it would be NC-17. It's not really a family-friendly book. It's really not. And for those that think it is, whoo, just, ah, there's some, wow. Song of Solomon, y'all? Song of Solomon. None of you would let your kids see the Song of Solomon movie. No. I want to see the Song of, nope, nope, can't see that movie. Have you and Daddy seen it? Yep, that's why you're here. But you can't see it. (laughs) The true answer is, um, honestly, I I don't know. I think some stories for the church are kind of uncomfortable to tell. And I think other times it's um, that that we don't understand. The the whole manger thing, that's not really in the Bible. It's two different stories that manger scenes put together so they could market it and sell it. But um, the real answer is, I don't know. It's a good question. Next question. Why do most churches focus on becoming a member of the church before you can even volunteer to help out? No idea. Don't know. Um, I'm not against it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, membership class, volunteer, whatever. I, I just, this is what I've discovered. We've had people in this church volunteer in certain areas that aren't even Christians because personally I don't want you or anyone to feel like you've got to believe before you belong because that's because Jesus Jesus okay when Jesus walked up to Peter when he was fishing what was Jesus's invitation all my Bible people what was Jesus's invitation to Peter he said what follow me he didn't say believe me he said, follow me. And because of that invitation, Peter believed. So did James. So did John. So did Matthew. So, I mean, so at the end of the day, my, my, I don't know why other churches do why what they do. I just know that here we want you to feel like you, you belong, even if you don't believe necessarily what we believe. Okay. Is, y'all are starting off. Y'all, I mean, y'all, throw, y'all are throwing fastballs today. Every once in a while, you just give me a knuckleball so I can just, but y'all are, this, is, this is good. All right, let's go. Can a church member, owner, attend staff meetings in your church? No. No, I'm not trying to come to your staff meeting tomorrow at your office or place of business. No. Staff meetings, we talk about staff stuff. Next question. That was easy. Oh God, I don't have one. I don't watch rom-coms. Wait a minute, hold on, Four Christmases? Four Christmases. That's a funny movie because that literally is my family, my mom's side and my dad's side. That, I was like, it felt like watching a documentary on my family Christmas, all right? swaddle woman. Anyway, so next question. What are your thoughts on evolution? Oh, God. What are your thoughts on evolution and the multitude of similarities between apes and humans? Honestly, I don't think about it a lot. Okay. There will be several of these, but let me preface this with Um, my answer to this question is going to piss off a lot of people. Okay, good. So we're there. Um, I explained this last week. I want to explain it again just in case you weren't here. You forgot. There's close-handed issues and open-handed issues. Close-handed issues are are things like the authority of Scripture, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, close-handed issues. Open-handed issue is the whole creation evolution thing. The Bible is not a science book. It's a history book. It doesn't tell us how he did it. It tells us that he did it. So I don't know if God did it in a literal day, or I don't know if a day was symbolic of a thousand years or a million years, and I don't care. I know he did it, and nobody knows how. Now, I. I honestly have seen people try to compare apes and I, I don't believe we evolved from a salamander to a, to a duck, to a bird, to a fish. I don't, I don't believe that. You know why? Because scripture is very clear in multiple places. In fact, I believe Genesis chapter one, verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. And in, in the image of God, he created him, both male and female, he created them. So we did not evolve. We as human beings, each one of us, were custom designed by the creator of the universe on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. So that's where my thoughts are. I I, mean, I didn't come from anything else other than, you, you didn't come. You're not an accident. You came from the hand of God. Mm, that'll preach right there. All right, next question. Kids in my high school make fun of me for going to second chance. <laughs> they, welcome to the club, all right? Even though the football team goes, how do I change their mind about church, especially this one? Uh, at the end of the day, they've got, They've got to see you. Be an example. First Peter, chapter three, verse fifteen. I just read this the other day. Um, first Peter, three. Verse fifteen. It says this. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. This is the next verse. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. I mean, I know a thing or two about people saying bad things about your church. (laughs) And at the end of the day, people can argue with logic and reason, they cannot argue with a changed life. Amen. Just do it, just do it in, a, in a gentle and respectful way. I just read that the other day, it's in first here. It's, it's kind of cool when you read something and you get to use it in the message. I love how God does that, it's so cool. Next question, I have a son that is 25 years old. He told us a few years ago that he is gay. How do we handle this with our Christian values if he decides to marry a guy? That's a great question. As a parent, you gotta make a choice. Do you wanna be right? Or do you wanna preserve the relationship? Do you wanna be right? or do you want to preserve the relationship? You get to choose. Because you can be right and drive the person away or you can preserve the relationship. As a parent, this has to be a difficult place to be because just to let you know, I believe with all my heart, what the Bible says about sin, sexual sin, homosexuality being a sin, I believe it. I believe what the Bible says. Marriage is between a man and a woman. That's what, I, that's what I believe. But on the flip side, I've got some really great friends that don't believe that. And I know what they believe and they know what I believe, but we can still get along. So at the end of the day, you've got to make the decision. Do, do you want your son to come around or do you want to drive him away? Because you can be right. You can preserve the relationship. you can't do both. It's tough, isn't it? This whole parenting thing. When you get... You know what I've realized? My parents were making crap up the whole time. <laughs> I heard somebody say this the other day, it's true. How many, if you swallow a piece of gum, how long does it stay in your belly? Not true, not true. They made the whole freaking thing up, all right? So sometimes, anyway... We had to laugh. Oh, that was heavy. Next question. Uh, what are you reading right now? This question. That's what I'm reading right now. Um, I just finished a book called Shattered. It was about how Hillary Clinton's campaign Lost to Donald Trump in 2016 and all the dysfunctional leadership that took place behind the scenes written by a guy who was pro-Hillary, anti-Trump because I'm a leadership guru. I'm also reading a book about, um, about Netflix. Um, you know, Blockbuster had an opportunity to buy Netflix on two separate occasions and they didn't do it. Um, I'm reading, uh, God, it sounds so like Jesus Duke. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm in the book of Revelation right now. And I'm seeing stuff I've never seen in my life, and it's absolutely blowing my mind. And anything fiction by John Grisham, um, I'm gonna read it. Anything fiction by James Patterson, I'm gonna read it. Anything fiction by, um, oh, what's his name? I'll, I'll remember it later. And then I know some of y'all were looking forward to like some really good Christian book, but I hadn't got a hold of one of those lately. But if I get get a hold of one, I'll let you know. All right, deal. Good, next question. Why do I worry that I'm not really saved? I know when I ask Jesus into my heart, I know I'm his, but I still have doubts that persist periodically. Welcome to the world of being a Christian. Um, the, the reason that we have doubts Hold on, hold on. Ephesians. Love the book of Ephesians. It's so rich. Two. Ephesians 2. Where is it at? Here we go. Ephesians 2, chapter 8. Or chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. None of us have a reason to boast about it. So so salvation is given to us by grace. And the reason many of us doubt our salvation is because we have a really easy time believing that God's grace is amazing for other people. We just have a hard time accepting that God's grace is amazing for us because we know how messed up we are. At the end of the day, if you've prayed and asked Christ into your life, if you've given your life to Jesus, he lives in you. And you never have to doubt his love. You never have to doubt his grace. You never have to doubt his forgiveness, period. The reason reason you have a hard time with it the reason you have a hard time with it, most of the time when people ask this question, and I don't know who asked this question, so I can answer this very freely. Most of the time, people, the reason people ask this question is, is you're, you're doing something you know you shouldn't be doing or you're living in a lifestyle you know you shouldn't be living in and you're trying to figure out what that rub and that tension is, and that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is kind of heavy service. Yeah, okay, next question. If you can commit suicide and make it into heaven, which growing up Church of God, I was told it's a sin and can't, I would like to know why not to do it. Huh. With all the hurt and trauma we go through, heaven is where we should want to be. Now, I agree with that last line. we get this question every time we do one of these. And and I get it. I understand it. And on the surface, this question makes sense. But let me set this up and I can do it. I can do it with just the first three chapters of the Bible. So God... Who, who, first of all, who gives life? God. God breathed, God took some dirt, created a man. That's where we get the phrase, dirty old man. God, God <laughs> took a rib, God took a rib and created the woman, breathed life into her. So God created life. Now, if God created life, whose right is it to take life? It's God's. But in Genesis chapter 3, when Satan came to tempt Eve, forget about the fruit. What was the lie he told? Eve, you will be like God. And that, that's what the temptation is when it comes to taking our life. Hey, don't trust God with your life. You take your life into your own hands. It's the same lie that Eve fell for. You can be like God. You can take your own life. And at the end of the day, we can know that anything coming from Satan is not God's will. Now, if you're in this place and it's dark, I know it feels like it would be a relief, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you will hang in and hold on and ask for help, one of these days, five, 10, 15 years down the road, you will be saying the same thing that I'm saying. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And God will bring you through it, and He will get so much glory out of it, and you will have so much joy that you won't even know how to handle it. You just hang in there. Whew, that was heavy. We got a light one or something? We got a light, like a like a Oh, there we go. Um, what is your favorite verse in the Bible? Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, it just depends. Um uh I'll tell you the the first verse that hit me ever, like when I Got my Bible, got a little paperback Bible. It's Galatians 1.10. I memorized it And then I said, am I trying to win to the approval of men or of God? Or am I still trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And that verse kind of let me know that for the rest of my life, I should make it my ambition to please Jesus. And um, that's, that's, my, that, that's one of my favorite verses, Galatians 1.10. And then the other one is, is I'm just kidding. I'm trying to make something up. I can't think of it. There we go. There we go. Next question. Next question. Next question. What does, it doesn't matter what it means to me. I mean, I just, um, I had somebody explain this to me one time and I've never forgotten it. Romans 12, some of y'all that were students almost said 16, 19. Romans, uh, we did a song this week, it was awesome. I had a guitar, I'd play it for you. It It would change your life. Romans 12. Here we go. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. I had somebody tell me one time, worship is everything we do, say, touch and feel worship is everything we do say touch and feel and in the scripture God calls us to be a living sacrifice the only problem with a living sacrifice is a living sacrifice can crawl off the altar if we're not careful so we got to worship is everything we do so it's easy it's easy to come to church and do this but this isn't necessarily worship if you were a jackass to your spouse on the way to church It just got real, didn't it? Worship is how we spend our money. Worship is how we talk about other people when they're not around. Worship is how we treat people that we perceive to be less than us. Worship is how we how we respond to to people when they're attacking. Worship is everything we do and say. Worship is what we do when no one else is looking and we know we can't get caught. That's worship. It just got tense in here, didn't it? You can hear a rat fart in this place. Isn't it? <laughs> Whew. All right, let's, next question, please. Whew, I'm getting tired. Is there a way to become a member? My membership ownership is at another church. Wonder where that is. Um, I would love to be able to move that. Uh, n- currently, we do not have a membership class. Don't have a membership class. If we ever get one, I'll let you know. Right now, this is our membership class. Welcome to church. Glad you're here. Here's your sign. Next question. Why should we treat everyone with love? Would that not lessen the value of love? Wouldn't people take advantage of you? John chapter 1 It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and it goes on to talk about Jesus and it said Jesus was full of, he was full of grace and he was full of truth, right? He was full of grace and he was full of truth. Full of grace and full of truth. He wasn't 50-50 grace and truth. He was all in on grace and truth that's why when he met the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 he could say to her go get your husband and she said I don't have a husband he said you're right you've had six and you're shacking up with a guy right now that was grace and truth that's why he could say to the Pharisees You blind gods, you hypocrites, you travel the world to make one convert and when you convert them, you make them twice the son of hell that you are. Now that seems a bit harsh, doesn't it? But if God is love and he's speaking from a heart, see, we've got this misconception that loving people is always warm, cuddly, huggy, fun, unicorn and rainbow things. But sometimes... You've got to love somebody enough to have a difficult conversation with them. And it means being 100% truthful, but doing it with a heart of love. Now, if you're always nice, people are gonna take advantage of you. But my hope and prayer for me personally is that I can get one, to the place one day where when I talk to people and I have to confront people, I'm always doing it in love, not out of anger. And if you think you've gotten to that place, have a child. (laughs) Amen, parents? Amen. All right, next question. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm working on three right now, and I'm very ADD, and I can't pick one. So um, pray for me. I uh, don't know. I would, yeah, I don't know. I don't even have a verse for that. I don't know. Next question. Why do you say some why do you say to someone who struggles with greediness when it comes to tithing? Uh <laughs> What would I say? I believe I believe the first 10% belongs to God. Period. Let me tell you why I believe that. I became a Christian when I was May 27th, 1990, I didn't surrender my money to God until 1999. Until 1999, I was always broke. Once I surrendered my finances to God over a process, he began to teach me how to see, how to use money his way. Now, I know some people say tithing is Old Testament. Technically, you're wrong. It predates the law in Genesis chapter 14 with um, Abraham and Melchizedek, and it's also found in Genesis 28. And in Matthew 23, 23, Jesus tells people that they should tithe. So the first 10% belongs to God. Now, this is the other thing I've discovered. God can do more with, with 90, my 90% and him, me giving him 10 than he can do with uh, than me having the whole 100%. He, he gets in there and multiplies it. And I don't understand how he does it. He just does it. I've had, people, I've had people tell me, I don't think I could give 10% with the income that I make. I literally told a guy one time, well, I will pray that God will reduce your income to the level that you feel comfortable tithing. Because at the end of the day, everything we've got comes from him anyway, right? Yeah, not a lot of clapping in the room because we don't have a lot of tithers, but that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. This is what I know. I said it in the offering, I say it every week because I believe it, you can't outgive God. So what do you say? I don't, I mean, I don't know, I don't, what context? I mean, I'll tell y'all, I don't know, I don't know the context. Next question. My fiance and I have been engaged for about eight months and I've been living together for about six months. I just wanna know that God will still bless our relationship when we get married. Yeah, of course we will. But this is the other thing I would say. Get married. Like, what are we waiting on? Let's get it done. Like, what are we waiting What? Oh, this is good. What are we waiting on? Christmas? It's next week. <laughs> Seriously. And don't hand me, marriage is just a piece of paper. Sign it. It's way more than a piece of paper. Yeah, of course God will bless your marriage. I, this is what I say. Stop shacking up and tie the knot. We're good? good. Tough crowd. It's okay. <sighs> Next question. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Okay. I knew this one was coming figured it was gonna be at five o'clock, but nope. <laughs> Our legal gummies and other products are sin, since they are derived from a plant, and help issues like anxiety, pain, stress, depression, insomnia? If so, why? Because addictive prescription meds and antidepressants prescribed by doctors seem to get the great, get the green light. Okay, I want to show you something in this question. I want to show you something in this question. You can't say I can do this because other people do that. It's illogical from the very beginning. So let's focus on the real question. Can I smoke weed or do legal gummies? That's the real question. That's what you're asking. In the state of South Carolina, the gummies are not legal. You went to Colorado, (laughs) bruh. Rocky Mountain High has a whole new meaning. (laughs) And if you've ever smoked marijuana, now just to be transparent, I've never smoked marijuana. I've I've sold it. I have. I sold it when I was in high school. I sold it but never smoked it. I, I did. I've been around it. This is what I know. You can drink and not get drunk. You cannot smoke weed and not get high. And when you get high, it, it, first of all, it does destroy brain cells. And number two, it begins to cause you to act in irrational ways that you would not act if you were not high. So you tell me, is that God's best for your life? Is that God's plan for your life? To sit around stoned out of your mind or to move on with what he's called you to do. And quit trying to deflect on people taking, you know what, because that's a different problem. That's a different question. But you can't say because my grandma takes this, then I can smoke weed. Nope. It's messed up. Sorry, I just ruined some of your Christmas parties. <laughs> this is a tense crowd. Y'all are asking, asking some tough questions. All right, next one. My husband is a combat veteran. He doubts that he can ever be forgiven for the things he did in his military career. How can I reassure him? Wow. First of all, to every single man and woman in this room or watching online who is a veteran, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for the service that you gave to our country. I think we have the greatest country in the world and even though we're not perfect, I think we're great. And for those that have served in a combat situation, I, this is the, I don't, I don't even know what you went through. I had an uncle who, whose name was Tom and he fought in, in Vietnam. He did, um, he did five tours and he got five Purple Hearts. I was like, man, I mean, God's got a plan for your life, Uncle Tom, because you got, I mean, he's got wounded five times. One time, his entire platoon was wiped out. He was the only survivor. And, and he suffered from PTSD unlike anything I've ever seen. And I never under, understood it until so I got a little bit older and started to, this is, this is, what, I, this is what I know if you're a, a combat veteran. God has you in his hands, and God knows what happened. And God's love for you is not dependent on what you may or may not have done. God's love for you is dependent on a man that died on a cross to pay for our sins, whose name is Jesus. And the blood of Jesus Christ covers every single sin that we could imagine. And for the compassion that's in this question, I would say, just keep telling them that Jesus loves them no matter what. It's a great question. We've got time for, let's keep going, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, how do you feel about Westside Rams winning the state championship? <laughs> I, I feel great, I do. I I was, um, you know, you know what I love about these guys is, is at, the, at the beginning of the season, nobody was giving them a chance. Nobody was talking about Westside and being in the state championship, nobody. And then they lost their first game and nobody was talking about them. And then they started winning and then they just kept winning. And then they got to the, they got to the playoffs and I did something I shouldn't have done. I went online and started reading about them. Oh, they're going to lose this game. And they, they, the reason I love these guys, they just didn't believe what people said about them. They just went out on the field and won it. So I'm, I'm very proud of them and looking forward to a repeat next year. <clears throat> All right, let's go. Let's go. What's next? Um, should a spouse endure? No. 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 Not at all, whatsoever. It's never right. It's never okay. No. You are too valuable. No. Never. Now, we're assuming this question is asked by a woman. There's some man probably getting the crap beat out of you, and I'm just saying you shouldn't do that either. No, I'm I'm dead serious. This This is not okay. This is not okay. Next question. If Oh, Lord. If the Trinity, why does the Bible saying even Jesus knows? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Jesus chose to limit himself when he was here on earth. Have no idea. Wish I could answer this question, but I told you guys at the beginning, if I don't know the answer, I will tell you I don't know. And with this one, I don't know. Next question. We all know you get hassled for things you say. No. Do or don't say and do on the interweb, what are some things you do to calm yourself before you um, legal gummies? Um, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 Whoo! What are you? What are things you do to calm yourself before you type a response you probably shouldn't, but really want to? Uh, let me, let me just confess something. I'm a work in progress here. I, I used to respond immediately, and now I hardly respond at all. Hardly ever respond. And it, it has brought me so much freedom because I'm not locked into what other people, other people don't get to define me. And now it's been a process. It's been a process. And let me tell you what let me, this is a true story. So this dude left a comment about me online. And uh, I knew this guy. He was like one of the rare people that used his real name. And I ran into him in Anderson and I decided to bring it up. I was like, hey man, you left that comment. I said, oh man, I'm so sorry. He got very apologetic. He didn't have his keyboard in front of him so he wasn't brave. Within two or three days, he's doing it again. And I was like, oh, that's the type of person. Because at the end of the day, we all need people speaking into our lives in order to sharpen us. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, is iron sharpens iron so we can sharpen one another. But that's never gonna be an anonymous person on the internet. And so for me, I, I just have learned people that don't know me can't define me. So you're allowed to have your opinion of me and it's none of my business. Oh, that was good. I've never said that before. (laughs) That's my next book. You're allowed to have your opinion of me and it's none of my business. All right, we're gonna do three more. We're gonna do three more. We're gonna do three more. And then y'all can watch at five because I got a feeling five o'clock. Five o'clock is the most unfiltered, unhinged service we have. So God help us at five. Okay, next question, three more. Is it morally wrong or at least symptomatic of lukewarm Christianity? support with shopping dollars, companies that are openly woke, and their odds with values that you preach, i.e. night target, etc. To me, this is a matter of personal conviction. Because let's be honest, if we were going to not spend money on any company that we didn't 100% agree with, we would all have to move to the mountains, put on denim jumpers, stick doilies on her head and make her own butter. Okay, that's, that's where we would wind up. This is a personal conviction. Like for me, like for me, and this is just where I stand personally, I'm not telling you, you have to do it. But I had a Disney Plus subscription until about eight or nine months ago. And after the way that Disney has just, I mean, they didn't go woke, they dove in the woke ocean. I was like, I can't support that. But if I go to somebody's house and they got Disney Plus on their TV, I'm like, I'm not like, oh my God, you pagan! Like that's a personal thing. The Target thing when they came out with the tuck-friendly I was like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to Target for a while. I'm not going to Target. First of all, I don't like going to Target ever, like ever, like ever, 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 ever. Um, with the Nike thing, th- this is all about a personal conviction. This, to, to me, it's all about a personal conviction. If you've prayed about it and God said don't shop there, then don't shop there. But don't judge other people that don't have your same personal conviction when it's not a scriptural precept. Uh, Two more. Two more. What's the best piece of leadership advice you've ever been given? Well, this is a two-pronged answer. Uh... On, on this, it's is this guy named Jesus. And he, and he said, love one another. He said, he said, he said you, leaders aren't the people that lord it over people. Leaders are the people that serve. Think about this for a second. John chapter 13, if you ever get to read it, in fact, you can read it this afternoon, it will blow your mind. And I can't take credit for this question. Somebody else, much smarter and much godlier than me, asked this question. What do you do when you realize you're the most powerful person in the room? Think about it. What do you do when you realize you're the most powerful person in the room? John 13, Jesus got up and he washed feet. That's leadership. Not lording it over people, but serving them. That's, and, then, and then John Maxwell said, John Maxwell said, and if you've never read anything about John Maxwell, he just sneezes leadership quotes. I mean they just fly out. I mean he's like he said leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And he's right. Last question. With all that happened, why did you choose to start another church? That's a great question. I I didn't want to, I didn't. In fact, in October, November of 2016, I launched a business, not a nonprofit, a for-profit business. And um, the first year in, I crushed it. I made, a, I, that business brought in a half a million dollars in year one. Now, that wasn't profit. Now, I had expenses and everything. But you know what I discovered? If you've got a for profit business and you make a half a million dollars, nobody gets mad. I was crushing it. I was flying over the United States. In fact, I was flying all over the world, consulting with businesses and churches, and I was. Miserable. Now, I knew I was going to stay in Anderson. The option of moving out of Anderson wasn't there for me because my daughter lives in Anderson. And I said, until she graduates high school, I'm locked into Anderson because I'm not going to be the dad that ran away because running away was easier. And it would have been. And I stayed here and God started messing with me. And it started with just random conversations every once in a while going, hey man, if you ever start a church and I would shut people down going, not gonna happen, not gonna happen. I'm done with, I, I, love, I love the church, but I'm not gonna work in a church again. Not gonna happen. If you ever do, not gonna happen. You wanna make God laugh? Tell him what you're not gonna do. And he started messing with me. And when I say messing with me, like I would start thinking about what if one day, could we? And this is what I did. All right, God, I'll, I'll start it online, but nobody's gonna watch. And then I was like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll go down here to this little place. It's a liquor store now, which the irony could not be better. And we'll start it down there, I, but nobody will show up. And this building came available. I was like, okay, God, this is why I said, God, if we need a half a million dollars, Some of you were there. You remember, the title of the campaign for this building is We Need a Half a Million Dollars by Christmas. And you know what happened? We had a half a million dollars by Christmas. The whole time I've been like, all right, God, I'll do it if you do this. And, you know, and something. And God does it. I'm like, okay, God, we'll do it. God just wouldn't leave me alone. Here's a newsflash. He's still messing with me about some stuff that our church has the potential to do. But I say all this to say that. I say all that to say this. I hope God's messing with you. I hope he's messing with you. I I hope that there's something that God is putting in your heart and your mind that's not allowing you to sleep at night. I hope he puts a vision inside of you. Maybe you need to start something. Maybe you need to stop something. Maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you need to ask Jesus into your life. Maybe you need to follow through in baptism. Maybe, maybe I don't know what it is, but this is what I know. When God starts messing with you and asking you to take that uncomfortable next step, there's always a blessing behind it. Amen. So just do what He's calling you to do. Father, I want to pray right now, God, in this room, that you you will absolutely mess with some of us. God, you would stir our hearts and our minds to action, that we would understand Jesus, that your word says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And Jesus, with that being true and you being in us, there is nothing that is impossible for us. So Jesus... May we not be scared to proclaim your name with the way we think and with the way we speak and with the way we live and with the way we take our next steps. May you be Lord of our life. Jesus, thank you so much. God, that you are so real in this place today and right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I wanna invite you to just say, Jesus, mess with me. Lead me in your ways. Lead me toward that uncomfortable step that you want me to take. I'm telling you, when he starts messing with you, he's getting ready to bless you. Blessing is on the other side of obedience. Maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You, you, listen, change and hope and peace and joy isn't possible without Jesus in us. And if you need Jesus in you, if you need to ask Jesus to come into your life, if you need his strength, if you need to know that you're saved, if you need to that assurance today, then I want to invite you to pray and ask Jesus Christ into your life right where you stand today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want you to repeat this after me out loud. This is how we give our life to Jesus. We give our life to Jesus through prayer. And so if you want to pray to receive Christ today, you pray this prayer with me out loud. But listen, you're not going to say it alone because everybody in our Second Chance family is going to say this prayer with you out loud so that you will know you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus supported by every person in this room. So let's pray it out loud. If you want to pray to receive Christ, you pray this with me in Second Chance Fam. Let's pray it with them. Say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I declare you as Lord come in and take over in Jesus name I pray right now with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room if you just prayed that prayer and you just asked Christ to do your life I want you to do me a favor because listen I want to pray with you I want to pray for you and I want to celebrate with you so if you just prayed that prayer will you do me a favor and just hold your hand straight up in the air and leave it up so I can see it just leave it up for just a second I want to see it leave it up high keep them wow keep them high keep them high Wow oh my gosh this is amazing this is amazing Jesus thank you you have saved so many people in this room thank you that you have saved so many people in this place and right now God I I just pray over over every single person in this room God that we would know your forgiveness is real your grace is amazing that your plans and your ways are greater than our plans and our ways and that we really can do everything through you because you strengthen us. May every single person that accepted you today walk out of this room with love and joy and patience and a new freedom in life unlike they've ever experienced before. And Jesus, may you mess with us so that we can change the world. In your name we pray. Everybody that agreed said amen. Did you enjoy church today? We'll see y'all back next week for Christmas services. Y'all have a great week.